The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. Corporate sponsors may from time to time be the subject of buy and or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks newsletter. However, as host of Turning Hard Times into Good Times, Jay Taylor retains the right to provide objective opinions on behalf of subscribers and to his listeners audience regardless of sponsorship. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network show and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now, here's your host, Jay Taylor. I am your host, Jay Taylor. Uh, to learn more about me and my newsletter and my work, you can go to miningstocks.com. My newsletter is Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy and Tech Stocks, and our model portfolio so far this year is up 16%, uh, led by junior exploration gold stocks, which are up 34% so far this year. That, I find, is one of the most exciting segments uh, to invest in these days. Uranium stocks are doing pretty well, too. They're up 23% for us. Now, all this compares with a Dow, with a um, uh, S&P 500 that actually was down as of the end of yesterday by 7 0.85%, although the uh, equity markets are up a bit here today. Uh, you can uh, actually get a three-month trial at a special introductory price if you go to our website at miningstocks.com or call my assistant, Claudio Bossi, at 718-457-1426. That's 718-457-1426. Later in the show, towards the end of the show, we'll have my two partners on, Roger Wiegand, and Chen Lin, Roger will be giving us his views on the gold markets. And Chen Lin has a very exciting gold, uh, actually a very exciting stock to tell us about. It's not a gold stock. Uh, he'll explain to you why he likes it, a real value play. Our special guest this week is Dr. Robert McHugh. Robert uh, started, uh, was a principal and a founder of a regional bank outside of Philadelphia a number of years ago. Uh, he managed that bank's bond portfolio and its uh, portfolio in general. He used a number of technical uh, tools, including Elliott Wave Analysis. And later when they uh, he sold the bank, he and his partners sold the bank, and he then went on to study technical analysis and received his Ph.D. in technical analysis. Robert's newsletter, to me, is one of the most fascinating, most must-read newsletters that I have ever read. Along with Richard Russell's daily letter, I read Dr. Robert McHugh every day, especially since the market meltdown last fall, I find it extremely important to try to determine which way 
the markets are going, not necessarily on a day-by-day basis because I'm not a daily trader. I am a long-term investor. But for the major turns that Dr. McHugh is talking about, and he is talking about a big one, he's talking about a nation-changing event, a cataclysmic nation-changing event that he thinks could happen, most likely will happen, this year. So you don't want to miss Dr. McHugh. Uh, He is our special guest this week. Uh, we need to keep on top of things as much as we can so we can prepare uh, for the difficulties that lie ahead. But, of course, before we get to Dr. McHugh, we're going to talk to our, our good friend, Lena Monasaridis in Athens, Greece. Lena is a technical analyst and money manager. Her website is an excellent one. It's spikecharts.com, S-P-I-K-E-C-H-A-R-T-S.com. And she has a daily blog there that you can read, um, and I'm starting to read it every day, too, so I can keep up with what Lena is thinking. Lena, welcome again to uh, to our show. Hello, Jay. Great to be back. How are you? Well, I'm terrific, and uh, I imagine you're enjoying the weather over there in Athens, Greece, probably sitting out there by the lovely ocean every day and the bright blue skies, and uh, I can just imagine what a life is in Greece compared to New York City. <laughs> Absolutely. It's actually summer here now. The sun is out nice and you know, I hear that the New York weather is not very good, so I'm quite sorry about that. Well, it's it's back and forth. You know, the spring isn't bad, oh. but the summer gets really hot and humid, and I just yeah. I can't imagine that uh, anything would be more lovely than Greece. Anyway, your blog yeah. on Monday, uh, you talked sure. about, again, about this risk aversion trade. Uh, we saw on Monday the uh, the equity markets got slammed real hard in the United, in the United States, at least uh, the dollar went up and gold went up, which I guess is, is the way things go, isn't it, This with this risk aversion trade? And uh, what's happened today? Absolutely, Jay. I mean, at times like this, uh, the the situation that we're facing now, where fear and uncertainty drive the market participants, as we see every day, risk conversion returns almost on a daily basis, just as we saw in futures and equities over the last few days. I mean, yesterday was an example. Dow Jones was down more than 200 points. And during Asia as well, Nikkei was down also, and Europeans followed too. A rallying stocks, purely and simply, cannot hold for long, purely because the traders do not trust the current levels for going long. Mm-hmm. I mean, the gold also rose yesterday because due to the falling stocks, traders look for alternative assets when confidence in futures is low. So they're seeking safety in the gold and the dollar for now at least. Sure. Uh, today we saw the opposite thing uh, happening, um, the gold fall. I mean, during the European uh, markets, the gold was up again, um, and it went up to 890, I believe, where it found a resistance. And now it's looking like if it closes like that for the daily chart, tomorrow and the day after might be bearish on gold, if and only if the equities and futures continue to rise. Well, we're going to talk to Dr. Robert McHugh, of course, about that. His his sure. forecast of the uh, of, of the equity markets are going to be most fascinating. You know, on a day to day basis, who knows? I mean, I guess my view is longer term. Uh, the newsletter that I write is more long term orientated. But people like you have to make money day in, day out, in and out of the markets on a regular basis. And um, so, I, I guess what what I'd like to ask you is, how long do you think this this risk aversion trade where, you know, when things seem to be getting worse, people go to the dollar, which, you know, is the world's reserve currency still, no matter exactly. what you think of it. And they go to gold, which is interesting. That wasn't always the case. We, you know, a few years ago, that certainly wasn't the case. Now we're seeing gold rise. It's actually rising longer term against the dollar. It's rising against everything, 
who do you think is going to gold? I mean, it's not just people going to the to the dollar now. People are also going to gold. Who who do you think are who might be some of the suspects that are going into gold these days, and not just the dollar? I believe basically, um, especially for for gold, is that apart from the fact that there is a huge demand in India, you know, uh, for jewelry for yeah. gold, as we talked about as well together, I believe that the people who go for gold are the people who actually hedge against the stocks. Mm-hmm. So basically, the people who are selling futures, it is are the people who very simply buy the gold because mm-hmm. they fear of what is going to happen in the economy in the outcoming days. And when we see gold falling, it's the exact opposite. When investors turn to the dollar again and turn to stocks and equities, they seem to want to sell the gold. And that is due to the, the, purely to the risk aversion that we see these days. And today is a very good example. We saw the stocks falling during Europe and gold rising, and after the New York Open, stocks were, fall, were uh, rising again up to 90, I believe we are now, Dow Jones, and uh, gold is falling once again. And it's looking like it's going to close on the negative today. Well, that's very interesting. Do you think, though, that uh, possibly some people are actually hedging against the dollar and therefore going into gold? In other words, there's the hedge against the equity markets, you know, when, when people lose confidence in the equities. And let's face it. There's good reason why the equity markets have been weak. I mean, if we step back and take a look at the economy, and I know, Lena, you look very oh carefully God, yes. at the uh, you know at the European economy. You know, oh, yes. we we want to we want to buy stocks on the basis that their earnings are going to grow. And if you look around and you see a contracting global economy, how in the world can you make the case for stocks these days? Exactly, that's a very good question because I've got many traders and investors who keep asking me, Lena, what should I do? What is what is the next step? I mean, which uh, which one is the stock that I need to buy in order to make some money? You don't really know what to tell them because purely and honestly, with the economic data that we're having every day and the bank's earnings results that we uh, have almost on a daily basis, we see some days are good and some days are not. But what we talked about before the show, Jay, is the fact that the the Good data is not continuing. Therefore, if we see one week's good economic data, the next week is another economic slump. So investors are losing their confidence. They cannot put the faith in stocks anymore because they know that every day is a pure challenge. You don't know what's going to happen. Well, we're certainly seeing dismal economic data over here, for notwithstanding the equity market uh, bump up here. Uh, industrial output is something down like 12.8% over the last year, in the, in the last 12 months in the U.S., 12.8%, 13% or 13.8% over the last uh, uh, four, five quarters. We have uh, retail sales. Everything you look at from a fundamental point of view uh, is down very, very dramatically. And I guess, I guess you know, you, in a way, I like to look at the equity markets. If the equity markets are starting to pick up, you know, I'm saying, well, I'm looking in the rearview mirror. I'm looking at, at historical data. Sometimes, though, I think we have to keep an open mind and look at the equity markets, and if they really start to pick up and start to do very well, the equity markets, I believe, are forward-looking, and they may be telling us maybe Absolutely. things aren't so bad after all in the economy, Taylor. You better just keep an open mind. What do you think about that? <laughs> I agree, Jay. I really do agree because we can see a mirror through uh, – we can see the mirror for the markets through the equities. Yeah. Because the equities sometimes tell us, in a way, what's going to happen in the future. Don't you agree? Because now that we see the equities rising um, and stocks and equities are rising, we know that the confidence is coming back. Mm-hmm. For example, today we had Timothy Geithner, uh, the Treasury Secretary, 
said that the vast majority of the nation's banks have enough capital. And, um, you know, investors were happy again, and they bought stocks and they bought equities. And I believe that in order to know what the equities will do is to see uh, a pure rise and a rally lasting more than a month. Yeah, indeed. You know, I thought I was a little bit humored by that, uh, Lena. You know that uh, he said that the vast majority of banks have more mm-hmm. equity than they, than they need. What he didn't say was that the biggest banks, the banks that really carry all the clout, uh, let's say the J.P. Morgans of this world that have about 80% of all the derivatives in the world, are not in such great shape. Yeah, I mean, you can take these little tiny banks around the United exactly. States that are in great yeah. shape. So what does Wall Street do? Well, they just jump on that, and the market turns around on a dime. I agree with you. I think we need to see some sustained economic, positive exactly. economic results. And then we need to start seeing some earnings. And I don't know about what kind of earnings, if you watch the earnings. And in Europe or not, uh, earnings over here have been very disappointing for the most part. And uh, what, what, are the, uh, what does the earnings picture look like for corporations in Europe right now? we got about um, a minute left, if you want to just give us some idea of it. In general, sure. what do you think? In Europe, in Europe the, the things are still a bit shaky because um, European traders are still not uh, convinced 100% about the ECB's monetary policy, mm-hmm. and they tend to look at the economic data with uh, more scrutiny, if you like, mm-hmm. because um, on Monday especially, the euro really felt the wrath of traders because there is a huge split in the European system at the moment, the European Union and ECB, and Mr. Trisset said himself that he does not see rates falling um, and falling below zero. Mm-hmm. However, uh, other uh, members of the ECB said different things. Therefore, the traders, looking at the corporate data, which are not good, I mean, the European banks, uh, UBS, and other big corporations did not give us good uh, numbers to go by. Therefore, having that on our back of our minds and having the monetary policy, which is not, nobody uh, is clear about it mm-hmm. and everybody's so confused, yeah. you understand, Jay, how things are in Europe right now. Yeah. <laughs> indeed, indeed. Well, about the only area that we're seeing some good earnings reports uh, coming out of are the gold mining stocks. Uh, Lena, that's about all the time we have for this week. I look forward to talking to you next week and uh, want to remind everybody not to go away because coming up next after our commercial break, we're going to talk to Dr. Robert McHugh, who is warning us about a cataclysmic nation-changing event. Excellent. Thank you very much, Jay. See you, Elena. Up-to-date business and financial news. Call now and get the financial information you need. 866-472-5790. 866-472-5790. The experts are here. Voice America Business Network. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. 
He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Business Owners Speak fills a long-neglected niche in the national media coverage of American business. The myriad of challenges and opportunities facing small business owners and entrepreneurs are addressed at ground level in a positive, business-like manner. We face the realities of meeting payroll and being completely dependent upon the success of a business for which we alone are responsible. So loosen your tie, business owner, bring along your own experiences, and log on Thursdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Network. Money. We love it, we hate it, and everything in between. You can be the master of your life and your own economics. Join Professor Laurie Lamantia each week for the program Making Peace with Money. Laurie will help you realize the power to create fulfillment in your life and shed new light on your money madness. You'll learn how to make peace with money and feel the joy and freedom renewed in your life. Making Peace with Money is broadcast live every Tuesday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. All financial advice provided on this show is for entertainment and educational purposes only. The financial ideas and strategies discussed are only provided as a starting point for a conversation about money matters. With regard to your particular investments and financial strategies, consult your financial planner, CPA, or investment professional. All your financial decisions are yours and yours alone to make and subsequently are solely your responsibility. Corporate sponsors may from time to time be the subject of buy and or sell recommendations in Jay Taylor's Gold Energy and Tech Stocks newsletter. However, as host of Turning Hard Times into Good Times, Jay Taylor retains the right to provide objective opinions on behalf of subscribers and to his listeners audience regardless of sponsorship. The information that is supplied through the context of the radio program and any repurposing of its content by the host or network is a combination and collection of solid financial investment understanding, opinion, and comments. This network, show, and its host are not liable for financial strategies, outcomes that you employ in any manner that result in any kind of loss. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. Welcome to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. This hour will help investors fix issues and achieve personal gain. Now here's your host, Jay Taylor. Welcome back. Uh, I am delighted to have Dr. Robert McHugh with me today as our special guest this week. Uh, Dr. McHugh uh, writes an excellent newsletter. As I said in the first segment, it's one of those newsletters that's a must-read for me every day, along with Richard Russell's uh, Dow Theory letter. Uh, Dr. McHugh, can, uh, you can learn more about his work and uh, about his, uh, his service at technicalindicatorindex.com. That's technicalindicatorindex.com. Uh, Robert McHugh is a former principal of a bank that grew uh, from, uh, from a startup that Robert was involved in starting uh, along with a few other folks, uh, to, into a $3 billion deposit bank located outside of Philadelphia. Robert was, uh, was and is very much a technical analyst. He used his, his technical tools to manage the, the bank's portfolio, and he passes on his excellent and timely technical analysis to, uh, 
to his readers. And I, and I must say that since uh, last fall, with the decline of, uh, of the Lehman the Lehman Brothers' decline and the uh, meltdown of the equity markets, I've found Robert McHugh's uh, work to be just the, the one thing that I need to hang on to and read every day. Uh, welcome, Robert. Really good to have you with us. Thank you so much, Jay. Great to be here, too. Uh, Robert, in the first segment here, I want to talk a little bit, of, get into your banking experience a little bit. Uh, later, I'd like to, you to explain, maybe in lay terms, some of the, uh, the tools of technical analysis that you use. And then, really, we want to get into what is the, the big picture stuff, the, you know, where you think the global economy, the U.S. economy is going, and then what we might be able to do to protect ourselves and our loved ones as, as best we can, given the environment that we may be facing. You were involved in starting up a bank and building it to a $3 billion deposit institution. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about that experience? Yeah, it was an amazing experience. I had been in banking at that point about 15 years. And, um, you know, you get to the point in your career uh, as a middle-aged man, I'd say, where uh, it's time to do something for yourself, and I needed a a challenge. And I met uh, uh, several gentlemen who had uh, big money and uh, wanted to uh, have more control over uh, their banking destination and... uh, and felt that the uh, larger banks uh, were losing touch with the uh, the uh, average consumer, the average depositor, and lend, and and, and uh, they, they just weren't really making themselves available uh, to what people really needed. So we said we we have a niche here. Let's let's go boutique. And we, we what we did is we uh, filed a charter with the uh, Federal Reserve and with the state of Pennsylvania, and uh, got the necessary approvals from the Department of Banking of Pennsylvania and the Fed. And uh, raised the min- minimum capital requirement during the stock market crash of 1987, which was mm. a heart attack. We had just gone out, uh, but we got it done. And uh, we started the bank with no deposits, uh, no uh, no loans, and uh, 13 employees, and about five million dollars of capital. And over the course of the next 12 years, we grew the thing to, uh, like you said, three billion dollars and a uh, billion and a half dollar loan portfolio, billion dollar securities portfolio, and uh, about two and a half billion dollars of of deposits. Uh, we had about fifty branches, um, and we had a major presence in uh, southeastern Pennsylvania. And then we sold the bank in around the year two thousand to uh, a larger institution, a, a sovereign bank. You started out with five million dollars of equity. What did you end up with equity at the end when you sold? Uh, let's see. I can't quite remember the number, but you know, it's it well over a hundred million. That's 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 a, a pretty successful. Um, a uh, pretty successful business, and you started in 1987, the year of the stock market crash. Yeah, right during the crash. Wow. That must have, as you say, must have been sort of heart attack potential. Yeah, we went to market in October, <laughs> uh, <laughs> just before the crash, and uh, the crash happened. You know, the, And at that time, of course, it, it was the, the most significant uh, drop since the Great Depression. And, Absolutely. I remember it well. It was a frightening experience, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. There were, there were people committing suicide. Uh, uh, there were people that were, you know, Definitely fearful, and uh, everything came to a screeching halt. So you but, sold in, you uh, sold in 2000, right. did you? I'm sorry? You sold the bank in 2000 then? Yes, we did. 2000. And what was the reason for selling? Uh, I think it just got to the size where, um, you know, we had to make some major decisions. Uh, how big do we go with uh, what we're doing? Uh, is there a, a more efficient way to generate a return for shareholders at the time? Uh you know, there were a lot of uncertainties uh, over the next decade facing facing us, and we felt that we could get the shareholders the best deal by just selling out, and that's what we did. Well, it doesn't seem like a bad return. If you start out with $5 million and had over $100 million, 
uh, in three years or so. Uh, well, no, we're talking uh, 13 years, and so not bad. Now, shareholders did very well, you know, and banks are considered, especially back then, if you're managed well, you know, very safe, solid, secure type investment until we've the, the crap we've run into over the last uh, you know couple of years here. But uh, when done right, it's a very blue chip type uh, investment. So the shareholders were real thrilled with that, and it paid a nice stream of dividends along the way. Robert, you've talked in your newsletter, uh, or at least alluded to, issues with the Federal Reserve, how the Federal Reserve or, the, or perhaps the federal government like to get involved in enforcing the hand of bank managements into lending to people that they might not otherwise lend to and sometimes not lending to people you'd rather lend, into, uh, lend to. Would you care to talk about that a bit? Or maybe not. I don't no, know. No, I'd be happy to. Um the Federal Reserve and the uh, and the Department of Banking of, are political organizations, and they are influenced by the uh, the, the uh, politicians and by the government. And uh, so there is a political pressure uh, on them to uh, steer the direction of uh, banking organizations. And banking organizations are highly regulated by uh, these political regulatory agencies, and uh, they have the power to remove bank officers and uh, bank directors. Mm -hmm. So you have to listen when they come in and they tell you what to do. Uh, and, uh, you know, back in the early 90s, I can remember when they walked in and uh, essentially said, uh, stop stop making real estate loans hmm. because we think a recession is coming. Wow. And, uh, you know, they will deny it till the, till the cows come home, mm -hmm. but that happened, and it happened in a lot of banks. And the proof of the pudding was uh, they created a credit crunch, which was the recession of the early 90s, 1991. Mm -hmm. And the first thing Bill Clinton did when he was elected in 1992, one of the very first things he did, which was a very good thing, was he told the bank regulators to get off the bankers' backs and let them lend. Mm -hmm. And that really pulled us, I think, more than any single event uh, out of the recession of the early 90s. And, uh, you know, you heard a lot of terms about credit crunch and all this kind of stuff, and it was very definitely a uh, regulatory uh, supervisory uh, generated. In my well, well, Robert, you say that, the, uh, that they told you uh, not to lend, not to make real estate loans during that time frame because they were afraid of a recession. Where were these guys a few years back here now when we had the subprime debacle before that as the subprime was being formed? Where were these regulators then? I mean, they might have then come in and suggested banks not lend, but it seems to me what we saw was the opposite, the, the encouragement from the federal government to lend to people that had no, no ability to repay. Where were these guys then? Yeah, I mean, it got out of control, uh, and I, I had not been in the banking world for the last 10 years, so yeah. I can't speak uh, personally as to uh, how tough they were or were not uh, in the institutions. But there was definitely an atmosphere over the last eight, ten years of uh, pro-corporation to the point where um, people started to forget about what made sense, and uh, and definitely there was an awful lot of sloppiness and oversight, uh, you know. But there were an awful lot of other issues too that created problems. Robert, I can't believe that we only have about two minutes uh, or less than that in this segment. I've got to get on to uh, the technical analysis aspects of, of, what, of your work because I know that's the, the heart of what you do. Could you give us, maybe before the break here, just a brief, um, a brief definition of Elliott Wave because I believe that's the most important, uh, the most important tool that you use. Is that correct sure. in saying that? Yep. Um, technical analysis is different than fundamental analysis in, in analyzing markets. If you turn on CNBC, they'll talk about fundamentals, earnings, drive, stock price. 
Mm-hmm. The technical analysis approaches says that's not quite right, that it's market psychology, it's mass psychology that drives markets. And Elliott Wave Theory uh, has uh, been working now for almost a century, and it's very accurate. And what it says is basically uh, advances and declines that are primary moves will have five uh, steps to them. It'll be an up, down, up, down, up move. And then correct. Then there's a correction, mm-hmm. and markets will go back, back off of the direction they were headed, and the corrections will generally be a three-step move, not a five-step move. Mm-hmm. Or the corrections could take the form of a triangle-type uh, pattern. And that's basically it in a nutshell, and you just keep uh-huh. track of uh, the waves and the degrees of waves. Is it a major move or a, sub, a minor move within a major move? There's different layers. It's kind of like the, the waves of the ocean. You have trickle waves inside of larger waves, and so it, it's basically a science like that. So it's a, a phenomenon in nature and very very much a mathematical pattern. Is that right? Yes, it is. Um, there's a lot of uh, Fibonacci relationships, uh, 5.618. Mm-hmm. 1 minus 5.382, and it's all about the psychology. Psychology, human psychology can be predicted. It's, it happens in waves. There's an oscillation. We roll from bear to bullish, from optimistic to pessimistic, and, uh, and that's what it picks up on. It picks up on the collective psychology. If we've gone too far in one direction, we're going to bounce back the other. And it really picks up a lot of the concepts that you see in everyday life and nature and the Cycles of uh, of life of the orbits of the of the planets around stars and so on. It, it, it's just picking up on the, the orderliness of, of of life itself. Right. So you're looking at at these uh, waves within waves uh, on on almost a, an hourly basis, if I understand you. Perhaps even more frequently than that than than waves that that uh, are further out in time. Yes. You have different degrees of waves. You have the hourly charts. You have the um, you can actually have a half-hour chart. You can mm-hmm. have a 15-minute chart. You can have an hourly chart. You have a daily chart, weekly chart, and monthly chart. That's generally what we look at. Well, my goodness, what are you uh, doing right now when we're talking? You're missing your 15-minute charts. <laughs> no, I actually, uh, I'm, I'm fine with that because I, I capture it only from, from at certain periods of the, of the day because it moves so much. Uh, some, you you want to look for extremes, and if it's right smack in the middle of a, of a uh, oscillation, it's Okay, Robert, well, we're going to take a little break here. When I come back, I want to ask you some more about some of your other technical tools, and we want to get into some of the big-picture things, uh, what you see for the, for the U.S. economy and the stock market, etc. Don't go away, folks. We'll be right back with Dr. Robert McHugh. It's up or down, or if you're looking to improve your portfolio, our experts are ready to talk to you. Call now. Toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. Know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value.
value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, JNS Associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Are you ready to grow your business? Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show with your coach, Rick Carrado. This entertaining talk radio program will bring you the tools to help increase your business. You'll learn sales success, time management, lead generation, business development, life balance, and much more. Rick Carrado is here to help you take your business to the next level. Listen for the Independent Business Owners Show, heard live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Network. What are the do's and don'ts when it comes to solving personal foreclosure? With over 2,700 foreclosures daily, what can you do to ensure the housing crisis doesn't hit home? Tune in to Foreclosure Exposure Radio with host Carla Duglin. This show will give you steps you can immediately use to save your own home and credit. Face and conquer foreclosure issues before they affect you. Listen for Foreclosure Exposure Radio every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Network. America Business Network, the bottom line in business. When you load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to jtaylor at miningstocks.com. That's the website for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks. Now back to our program. Welcome back. I'm here with Dr. Robert McHugh, who writes an excellent letter on technical analysis. Uh, Robert, we ask you and you defined uh, Elliott Wave in general terms. Could you tell us what are some of the other technical tools that you use uh, every day in the market? Sure. The market has a language, and it's telling us where it wants to go next. And once you get that concept, it's really fascinating. Uh, other tools would – one of the most important other tools is patterns, where prices actually create pictures on charts. Uh, very simple, you graph the prices, and they develop a pattern, a pattern like a triangle, a pattern like a wedge, which would be rising or falling, a pattern which looks like a head with two shoulders, which could be reversed upside down or, or straight, which means one thing versus another. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we pay a lot of attention to those because they are very, very useful there's flag patterns, and they really are telling us to where prices are going next. There's no 100% guarantees, but you, you're working with probabilities. You're trying to get over 50%. A lot of these patterns have probabilities that are well over 80 Hello, Robert. Are you there? Yes. Uh, uh, yeah, so some of these patterns have over 80%. What, uh, so you're using, though, different kinds of tools together to try to improve the odds of, of calling it right. So That's you're right. using a number of different tools That's collectively, right? right? 
That's right. There are momentum measures, momentum uh, indicators. We've developed a lot of our own proprietary indicators where we're identifying probabilities of turns. We get signals uh, that measure momentum when momentum is dying, when it, when it turns sharply in a different direction. We can tell when it's noise versus when it's a real move about to start. Yeah, speaking of your proprietary tools, I, I have to ask you about the plunge protection device or plunge protection index that you have created. I, I know you can't talk too much about it because it's proprietary, but could you just, just give us a, a brief explanation of that? Yeah, back about maybe five, six years ago, I noticed that uh, markets were not uh, behaving normally, uh, that there seemed to be something else happening outside of what would normally happen. Outside and, of the normal Elliott wave patterns, for example. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, um, it, it, you know, I paid a lot of attention, did a lot of research on the president's working group that was started after the 87 crash, and lo and behold, uh, they are authorized to manipulate markets to buy securities, buy buy stocks and, and sell them. They don't keep, keep minutes in their meetings. They're kind of a big invisible hand. And then there was a lot of uh, anecdotal uh, research or uh, evidence that showed that mysterious uh, buyers were coming into the market at certain times, manipulating the futures markets and so on. So we went further with that research and came up with our own uh, indicator where we feel we, we could measure the appearance of a deep pockets mysterious heavy buyer coming out of the blue that would, uh, you know, delay what would normally be a turn and, and affect markets. And, of course, there was a lot of it pushing prices higher to, to, to facilitate a bull market. And uh, and we've had pretty good success with it. It's actually performed pretty darn well. Uh, so we feel as though we, we have a pretty good handle on the mysterious uh, buying. And, uh, you know, recently with the uh, bailout plans that have been discussed, they're just flat out admitting that, you know, they'll come in and buy if they have to. Let me ask you this. The Federal Reserve has said that they have the right to do this as well in the gold markets. Do you think they do? Well, I mean, a free market, they should not. I mean, you know, that's... But, I mean, they do. As you say, they do in the, in the, uh, in the bond market, in the dollar market, in the currency markets. And I know that in a lawsuit brought against the Fed and a number of other large institutions, they came right out and said, we don't do it but we have every right to do it. Do you think they do it? No, I don't think they have that right to do it. I mean, I think if they're going to do it, they have to disclose it and they have to be part of the market and then and there has to be full disclosure and they're just buying for a certain reason and uh, they have to explain why. Yeah. Uh, and I don't think that that's, that's, that's part of the problem. There's not enough uh, transparency and, and it kind of takes the fairness out of the, out of the whole uh, market and, and it challenges the free market uh, itself. Well, sure, they don't have, I mean, they, they claim they have the right, so your your view is they don't have the right to do it in any of these markets, but they're doing it anyway. That's what you believe. Yeah, I mean, they're... Pretty just, evident that they are. Yeah, they're just a, they're just a bank. I mean, yeah. But they are. They're not even, you know, a real government agency. They're right. just a bank. Well, I'm going to get back to this uh, Elliott Wave, uh, um, some of these Elliott Wave topics again. You talk about a grand super cycle. Could you explain to us what that is, and are we in one now, and if so, where are we in that cycle? Yeah, I mean, the largest degree waves that we track are the grand super cycles. That's the biggest moves. Uh, underneath that would be a super cycle move. Under that Let me ask cycle. you, Robert, uh, the grand super cycle, what would be the duration more or less in time for something like that? Well, I mean, the grand super cycle wave three uh, covered uh, several decades, uh -huh. uh, you know, multiple years, uh, multiple decades, mm -hmm. uh, half a century, mm -hmm. a century. Wow. But... Um, you know, could could cover two centuries mm -hmm. if it's a wave three a grand super cycle move. Mm -hmm. um, however, 
time-wise, you'd like to see some proportionality, but if the decline is severe enough or the move is severe enough and a corrective grand supercycle move, let's say you lost 90% of what you made over the last three centuries, that would qualify as a grand supercycle move. Um, for, to give you, I believe we're in a grand supercycle wave four correction bear market mm-hmm. that started back in uh, October of, uh, of 07. Uh, some people feel it started back in 2000, but I think it was 07, and that it has uh, much further to go. Uh, will that be a time further to go statement, or is that a severity of price decline mm-hmm. correction? But to give you some perspective, the Great Depression of the 30s was a super cycle degree bear market depression. It wasn't grand. This is oh. larger than that. Oh, my goodness. So you're talking about, you use the terminology, a cataclysmic nation-changing event to correct the bull market that started in 1718. I've, I've read something to that effect that you've written. Could you, I mean, are we talking, so is this what you mean by a grand super cycle as opposed to a super cycle? Yes. The super cycle correction of the Great Depression was correcting a move much from much more recently uh, a period of time than 1718. There's been a grand super cycle wave three in process since before we started our great nation, uh, but this is correcting that, and uh, that's a big, it's a big move. Now we hope, I mean, the best case scenario is that this grand super cycle wave four is, is tracking out a triangle, which would probably last several years, ten years, and would mean that maybe we've seen the all-time lows of this move because triangles have their deepest problem or deep, deepest drop on the first wave down, which we think just completed in March. What's the probability of that? Uh, I mean, I know you can't be exact. but just It, it all depends on what's done to fix this mess. Mm-hmm. If they do a good job, I'd say the probability of that's a, a reason. That's our hope. That's a reasonable hope. But if they, keep, if they don't do a good job, if they enact poor policies, if, if, if we end up in a socialist society and so on, if they don't help the American household, then I think we're going into a cataclysmic uh, scenario where we're going to see a 90% drop from the beginning of this move in October of 2007 with 14,000 Dow. We'll see a 90% drop before it's all set. Which would take us where on the Dow? Uh, 2,000, 1,500, somewhere around there. Okay, Robert, I can't believe we've only got two minutes left. We should have reserved the next segment for you. But uh, I've got to ask you then, where are we now? You, you talk in your newsletter about being in wave B right now, which is an up wave. And you're telling people that they should really sort of get liquid and sell things now, raise cash, and prepare for the next C wave down. Would that be the final wave down then in the grand super cycle? Yes. And then where would you see, when would you see that ending and how far, that, that would take us down to that, that Dow figure you just mentioned, I guess. Yes, that's the worst case scenario. If they do a bad job, if they stop, if they do not get money into the hands of households with major tax rebates, that's where we're headed. Well, they're not doing that now. They're putting money in the hands of the bankers, are they not? That's correct. They're picking and choosing uh, like a socialist nation. They're just deciding who gets it and, and they're not doing a darn thing for people. So what do we need to do then? Uh, what does the, pol- the policymakers really should employ helicopter money, literally? They should hand out thousands of dollars or, or hundreds of thousands of dollars to individuals or what should they do right now? Yeah, I think they should return the last three years of income taxes to every household, mm-hmm. which is a return of their money. It's not a handout. It's a return of their own pay- taxes. We didn't have taxes in this country until 1913. We did just fine without an income tax system. We're asking, I'm not suggesting a $13 trillion uh, rebate, which would average somewhere around $120,000 a household. Half of it would have to be used to pay off debt, which would trickle up into the economy, 
would improve the bank balance sheets, it would give banks better capital ratios and sent them to lend more, it would clean up this whole mess, and we could avoid this cataclysm. If they don't get money in the hands of consumers in a real way, in a big way, because consumers are struggling, they're losing jobs, they can't get money anywhere, they are, they are just fighting to stay alive, then we're headed for trouble. Robert, we don't have, we're just about out of time. I've got to ask you about gold. Uh, what, what's your outlook for gold short-term and long-term? And is gold one of the places people should put at least a little bit of their money, or, or what do you think? Yeah, I think gold's a wise place to put a little bit of your money because in order to get out of this mess, if we go all the way down, they're going to have to change things. The whole uh, system could change. We could become a socialist totalitarian state. Uh, so you want to have some gold put away for that, if mm-hmm. that happens, mm-hmm. because who knows if the dollar will be worth anything under that scenario. Sure, sure. You know, that's about all the time we have. I really regret, uh, folks, you've got to turn to Robert's, uh, Robert's uh, website, which, can you give that to us again, Robert? Sure, it's uh, www.technicalindicatorindex.com. Robert, thank you so much for being on. I hope we can have you on again sometime soon. I'd be delighted to come back, Jay. Thank you very much. All the best. Folks, don't go away. We're coming right back with Roger Wiegand and Chen Lin. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Want to know more about how you can turn financial losses from the most devastating stock market and economic decline since the 1930s into wealth and prosperity? A successful strategy for dealing with adversity requires a proper diagnosis of the problem so that effective remedies can be prescribed. By applying rarely taught Austrian economic theory to policies implemented by our policymakers, Jay Taylor has been able to nearly double the value of his model portfolio since 2000, while the stock market has lost nearly half its value in the worst bear market in decades. At MiningStocks.com, Jay and his associates provide a framework for turning the pains of the current bear market and recession into investment gains. Jay is a frequent radio and TV guest and speaker at investment conferences where he shares his highly profitable Austrian economic insights at a time when most people are seeing their 401ks become 201ks or worse. He is available to share his rare profit-making insights via radio, TV, and public speaking engagements. To profit from Jay's insights, call 718-457-1426 or visit MiningStocks.com to subscribe to his profitable newsletters. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about the show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. You load 16 tons, what do you get? Another day older and deeper in debt. St. Peter, don't you call me cause I can't go. I owe my soul to the company store. You're listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with your host, Jay Taylor. If you have a question or comment about today's show, Jay would love to hear from you at 1-866-472-5790. 
That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send an email to jtaylor at miningstocks.com. That's the website for Jay's newsletter, Jay Taylor's Gold, Energy, and Tech Stocks. Now back to our program. Welcome back. Uh, I'm Jay Taylor, your host, and I've got uh, my two partners with me here uh, for the closing nine minutes of this show, Chen Lin, uh, who is the author of What is Chen Buying? What is Chen Selling? He's got an amazing track record. He uh, he multiplied his wife's Roth IRA by some 17-fold since the year 2000. You can uh, subscribe, uh, take a trial subscription to Chen's letter uh, for $39 for one month if you call Claudio Bossi. He's my assistant, and that number is 718-457-1426, 718-457-1426. Uh, Chen, welcome, and uh, I understand you have a stock pick of the week that you'd like to tell us about. Could you give us the name of that and uh, just tell our listeners why you like it? Thank you, Jay. Yeah, the, the stock I like is called North America Galvanizing and Coding Incorporated. What it does is uh, it's basically making galvanized steel. Uh, Chen, the symbol is NGA, is that right? Exactly, NG okay. and Nancy George Apple. Great, okay. It's, it's traded on NASDAQ. What's it selling at? What price? It's trading about 4.15 uh-huh. on that. It just reported 21 cents earning for the Q1 for first uh-huh. quarter, which is you know, worse of the recession. Mm-hmm. And then the gravitating steel is used mainly in highway transportation, power line transmission. So it's Quarter, so they'll have uh, greater capacity, greater production capabilities. They must have felt that the uh, that the economy really required it. Uh, you say there's some some barriers to entry here, uh, mostly in terms of uh, permitting and the likes, huh? Right. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's a zinc coating of uh, steel. So zinc has some uh, environmental issues. So usually, it takes a while to get a permit to to start a new. Did Did you say something about Obama requiring? Uh, a lot of this infrastructure and not allowing imports and basically requiring domestic production and some of these kinds of, uh, of materials? Exactly. It's in our Congress bill that uh, mm-hmm. strongly favors domestic-made uh, materials for Interesting. those bridge tunnels and the infrastructure play. So actually, so, so North American gravitizing fits very well in this area. And it is already making money before the infrastructure starts. Well, very good. I think you you put out an alert to your subscribers today. Folks, uh, since January 16th, Chen has had 46 different alerts. So he doesn't write an extensive newsletter, but he writes whenever he finds something that's really exciting and looks undervalued and and a chance to make uh, some money, and he'll turn around in a day or two, if if need be, and sell the same stock. So uh, I might just say that uh, Chen is not receiving any compensation, nor am I, nor is anyone else, for recommending this stock. We don't do that on this program uh, Chen, I want to thank you for that, and uh, we look forward to having you back next week and uh, perhaps uh, with another great idea. Thank you, Jay. Uh, Roger uh, Wigan is with us. Roger Wigan is the author of Trader Tracks. He's been a, a really good friend of mine, a good partner of mine now for, oh, three, four years now. Roger, you there? I'm here. Roger, welcome, and uh, can you tell our viewers what your, or listeners, I should say, 
what is the um, uh, your stock of the your uh, stock chart of the week? I should say. Well, we're looking at gold because gold uh, right now. I'm looking at the April uh, futures contract real time on my screen as we speak. Uh, gold is 882.30. It's off of one half of one percent today on a minor correction. We've gone through a cycle where we pulled down on gold from 1,007 down to about uh, 865. Uh, we've gone back up in a new wave set of five waves up. Five, five, wave one is complete. Number two is a little bit off today. I'm looking for three up next, which should be a good move. Uh, we've been looking over the past few days for uh, a Canadian dollar long futures contract, which usually follows the gold because Canadian, the Canadian dollar is a, is a commodities uh, currency. Uh, we expect the, the gold uh, over the pack next few days to go to uh, 938.50 on a 50% retracement as a minimum. And if we can keep right on going over the next two to four weeks, uh, our minimum then would be uh, going back to 1,007 where we were just a few weeks ago. Roger, what is your, your very, very long-term view of gold? Um, uh, and uh, by the end of this question, year, you this, mean? This, the second question is, what would it take you to turn bearish on gold long-term? Well, to go bearish on gold long-term, I think we would have to fall under 740. Mm -hmm. uh, this would be a longer-term monthly chart, uh, which has an upward channel that's been going now since the year 2001. Mm -hmm. I think 740 recently was the bottom of that channel. I don't foresee that that's going to happen. With the continuous printing and origination of new dollars and bonds, in the United States, I don't think there's any question that inflation is on its way despite the deflationary environment we're in today, and that's just going to drive gold all the faster. Mm -hmm. Well, indeed, it seems to be the gold mining shares, as I said with uh, Lena in our first segment today, about the only sector that's doing well that's reporting strong earnings. And we've seen this deflationary process that really helps uh, to play into the profitability of gold mining. Roger, I want to thank you very much for your coming on. We'll, of course, have you on next week as well. And we're probably going to have to have you on for a, for a whole show sometime. But in any event, thanks, and I'll, I'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Jay. All righty. Uh, so next week, folks, we're going to have Bob Hoy. of the. In, he is the, uh, the author. Uh, he writes the Institutional Investor Newsletter, which is really a premium product that's sold to bank trading desks and to uh, CEOs of large corporations. And Bob is going to talk about a 300-year flood, investing for a 300-year flood. Essentially, Bob Hoy has looked at the last 300 years, and he's realized that whenever we have these major contraction, uh, expansion contraction cycles, uh, that when that happens, the senior currency, in this case the, the U.S. dollar, gets very, very strong, as Lena was talking to us about in the first uh, segment of this show, that's happening. The U.S. dollar is getting stronger as the global economy contracts because people have to repay their debts, and most of the debts are denominated in U.S. dollars. So everything gets sold, and everybody buys uh, dollars to repay their debts. That is an environment that is extremely bullish for gold mining shares, as Bob mentioned, as Bob Hoy will tell us next week, because gold mining shares, the real price of gold increases in this environment, and the profit margins rise very dramatically. I see, uh, notwithstanding what Roger said a minute ago about inf rising inflation, I definitely think that's a concern. At the moment, though, I see continuing depression, uh, deepening uh, recession, depression, 
more and more uh, bank lo- losses coming in the future. Uh, the next wave down, I think, that Dr. McHugh is talking about, we're going to see some very, very nasty things happening in the economy. Ultimately, we could very well see a, an inflationary problem that uh, is really, really dangerous. Uh, our objective, we want to be, uh, we want to do the best we can to preserve the gifts that we have for ourselves, uh, for our family, so that we can not selfishly hoard them, but to help and uh, share love and give to our family and to those around us. So until next week, goodbye and God's blessings to you. Thank you again for listening to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.